left has us all wrong. We don't want to simply turn the clock back to a time when the status quo of elitist deep state bureaucrats dominated us. We want to restore the republic our founders intended, an America that is of, by, and for the people. An America that abides by its constitution without fail. Coming to you from the land of common sense and American pride. The Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner starts now. Hello, Patriots. Welcome to episode 247. Happy Friday. Uh, this episode, and we talk a lot about, of course, all of the issues that uh, we care about every day, all the craziness, all the nonsense, all the woke uh, foolishness. We talk about that kind of stuff every day. So today's a little bit different day. I have uh, Larry Schweikart who's going to join me, and we're going to talk about his new book. But we'll talk about America in general and some of the some of the um, some of the more important things that are going on. But uh, there's there's a lot of reason to be optimistic. And uh, as I said, we fo- tend to focus on you know what's wrong, uh, but there's a lot that's going on that's that's right and really could be motivational for us on a day-to-day basis to keep in mind. So this episode it will be good for, for all of you, but also I think this is one to share with uh, your teens and uh, give them maybe a little bit different look on American history and American exceptionalism that they may not be getting and likely are not getting in their public schools. For those of you that homeschool, this is also a good opportunity uh, to introduce you to Larry if... Uh, and his books, if you aren't familiar with him. So he's written some of my very favorite books on America, and we'll get to him in a little bit. What I thought I'd do, though, first, is to set the table and to get us in the right frame of mind for going through the rest of today's episode. And who better to do that than the the current president of the United States, although he's not in office, Donald Trump. I'm going to share something uh, from him for us to put us on the right page, to get us in the right frame of mind, and then um, take it from there. In my short time in Washington, I've seen firsthand how the system is broken. A small group of failed voices who think they know everything and understand everyone want to tell everybody else how to live and what to do and how to think. But you aren't going to let other people tell you what you believe, especially when you know that you're right. You must go forth into the world and turn your hopes and dreams into action. America has always been the land of dreams because America is a nation of true believers. When the pilgrims landed at Plymouth, they prayed. When the founders wrote the Declaration of of Independence, they invoked our Creator four times. Because in America, we don't worship government, we worship God. Remember this, nothing worth doing ever, ever, ever came easy. Following your convictions 
means you must be willing to face criticism from those who lack the same courage to do what is right. And they know what is right, but they don't have the courage to take it and to do it. The more people tell you it's not possible, that it can't be done, the more you should be absolutely determined to prove them wrong. Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. Embrace that label. Being an outsider is fine. Embrace the label. Because it's the outsiders who change the world and who make a real and lasting difference. I've seen so many brilliant people. They gave up in life. They were totally brilliant. They were top of their class. They were the best students. They were the best of everything they gave up. I've seen others who really didn't have that talent or that ability. And they're among the most successful people today in the world because they never quit and they never gave up. So just remember that. Never stop fighting for what you believe in and for the people who care about you. Carry yourself with dignity and pride. Demand the best from yourself and be totally unafraid to challenge entrenched interests and failed power structure. I thought that was awesome. The guy who put that together did a great job. Uh, one of my favorite parts of that was the uh, the scene in, uh, not sure if that was in Normandy or if that was in D.C., uh, in Arlington, but it reminds me of Mark Levin's speech, a portion of it at this year's CPAC. He talks about, uh, you know, if anybody ever says America is this terrible country, take them there, show them the crosses and the stars of David, of those who fought for the freedom that we enjoy today. I thought a great message from President Trump and one that we can all use to our advantage and one that maybe we need. And this episode is about that optimism. I'll be right back after this. This is what we think of when we think of Armageddon, the utter destruction of America. There is no need for bombs, no need for World War III. Chaos, slavery, and terror will reign. The complete destruction of America and of freedom can be accomplished by one man. Ignore the thought police and subscribe or follow the Patriot Review. It's your patriotic duty. Just a brief reminder there that your help for this show is necessary. Anything you can give, uh, however you can support the show, I'd be I'm very grateful for. You can check it out at uh, redbloodedpatriots.com. You can give there. And also, obviously, uh, shop through many of the uh, companies I have affiliate relationships with, whether it's uh, uh, Kingdom Fuel with Sherwood 
twitch.tv slash TPR or my pillow with the code TPR or uh, two that are just a brand new one that I haven't even told you about yet, which is Patriot mobile. Um, a lot of great deals that you can get through the show through the code TPR. So stay tuned for those and how you can support the show. It's greatly appreciated. As I said, um, <laughs> so the, the Armageddon message, you know what? I mean, there's a lot of reason to be optimistic for sure, but uh, there's also the seriousness that we face in this next election, and that's just uh, maybe a sobering commercial. But we're talking today about the positive stuff. We're talking today about why we should be optimistic, and maybe we're a lot further down the road to solving all this stuff than what we really realize. So I'm going to bring Larry in, and we are going to talk about exactly that and much more. So again, uh, Larry Schweikart, who's also known as America's history teacher and uh, got a lot of good stuff that he can show you. All right, here we go. I'd like to welcome to the Patriot Review for the very first time, Mr. Larry Schweikart, who I absolutely love. I've got uh, several of your books, and I tell you what, I've talked about your books before on the show. I consider uh, I consider them the best source to get the real the real scoop on American history to fight against the psycho babble of the left and what they say about our country and how demeaning they are. So Larry, uh, welcome to the show. I might mention right off the front that you've been you've been instrumental in educating a lot of people about the real history of America. And people can check check out your website at wildworldofhistory.com. And of course, you have your books available for sale there and on Amazon and other booksellers. So well, Larry, it's an yeah. honor. You know, we've got, um, I started, I don't know, several months ago, reading through Patriots History of the United States free on YouTube on the Wild World of History channel. So right now I'm up to the Dred Scott case. Uh, I've got about a third of the book done. And if people want to just, uh, and of course, I discuss things as we go and bring in all the original documents. So you can see kind of a video version of the book there. Also, we're making available a 20th anniversary edition of the book for people who uh, are subscribed to my VIP at the Wild World of History or the Insider at the Wild World of Politics. And that's a new chapter that goes from 2018 to 2023, plus about 20 pages of new inserts throughout the book in PDF form. So you can go there and get all the stuff at Wild World of History or Wild World of Politics. Awesome. I've got it right up on the screen right now. You can't see it, but folks, this is what the website looks like. You get here, you're in the right place. So that's awesome that you have that going on. You know, there's a lot of people who, who uh, unfortunately, don't get their history. They don't actually take make an effort to find out what their real history is. They just take for granted what they're being fed. And uh, unfortunately, our our educational system has really uh, really done an injustice to the United States, especially as of late. So I guess my that is my first question is, how do we as American uh, ordinary area uh, citizens and moms and dads, what is the what's the best way to to actually change what's going on in our school? Do you think what's the what, what's the magic uh, pill for well, moms and dads? If you can do it, and I understand everybody can't do it, but if you can do it homeschool, uh, the homeschool movement has just exploded. Depending on which data you use, it's either doubled or quadrupled since about 2015. Uh, the numbers I'm seeing are between 10 and 20 million American students are homeschooled. Um, 
and the conventions when i started there would be empty spaces at the vendor conventions now you have to get in earlier you can't get a space it's just that packed out at these conventions so that's the first thing second thing is if you have to send your kids to a public school watch what's going on there be a part of go to school board meetings uh, even if you're a homeschooler go to school board meetings that's where your money is right Bible right. says where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Your money's at those school board meetings, and you need to make sure it's being spent correctly. So the main thing is get involved. I know it's hard, especially if two parents are working, but it's something that you have to sacrifice if you want your kids to be good citizens. Yeah, amen. And, the, I'm, you know, the, the good news is that the those conventions are harder to get a spot in. So that means people are on to it, right? They, yes. they know what the truth is about what's going on. And uh, so moms and dads are picking up picking up the ball uh, to an extent. Unfortunately, you know, in our system, um, you have to have two incomes to make it a lot of times. And I, I especially really think, now, right? Yeah, I, I really think that that's that was done on purpose, and I really think that the whole feminist movement was really hijacked. And uh, you know, I think that there were some shrewd politicians that that understood that that could mean a lot more money for them on a tax base and other things. But that's a whole other story, different day. But so. So tell me, you know, what is the uh, what's the 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 story on Thomas Jefferson always being used as the well, this is the founding father who did not believe in wasn't a Christian, who you know he made comments about uh, Christianity as a as as really a negative thing, a negative force, and you know just proves that we don't have a Judeo Christian value set as our foundation. Well, how do you argue, argue that? Because a lot of the uh, atheists out there use that all the time. Right. Well, of all the founders, it, it's it's simply wrong that, that most of the founders, if not all of them, except Jefferson, uh, believed in God. Uh, Franklin was not a deist. He believed in an active God. He even shut down uh, the Constitutional Convention for a few minutes and said, we need to pray about this, guys. Now, Jefferson's a complicated guy. Um, he went to church every week. He wrote the uh, Virginia Sabbath laws. Uh, he was very active in trying to protect religion. And the whole phrase that's used with Jefferson is a separation of church and state, which was a private letter that he wrote to the Danbury Baptists, assuring them that the majority Anglicans were not going to oppress them in the state of Virginia. He in no way ever believed that the state should not be somehow grounded in God. Uh, I think Jefferson possibly was a deist, but nothing worse than that. Uh, a deist being someone who believed that, that God exists, he sets things in motion, but doesn't get involved. Um, but he is by far the only one of the founders to believe that. Hamilton went through a period where he was extremely devout as a young man, drifted away from the Lord as a teenager and into early adulthood. But right before his death, he began to get very religious again. And even Lincoln, in his youth, wrote a very hostile anti-Christian tract, but steadily through his life, all the way up to his conversion in 1863, he moved toward God and Jesus. So uh, to yank mm -hmm. one person out of that whole pool of founders is just kind of silly. Well, Lincoln, one of my favorite quotes of his is basically summarized as saying, you know, I often find myself on my knees because there's no other place to go, meaning in <laughs> prayer. You know, so that certainly certainly shows what his what his beliefs are, at least at the time he was president. And Jefferson, is it fair to say that he was making an argument against a 
a government selected and enforced denomination exactly. of Christianity and not not necessarily Christianity. Exactly. So, there was not one of the founders that did not believe that a state, any state, had the right to uh, support whatever religion that state thought appropriate. It was understood that Massachusetts was going to be a, a Puritan state, uh, that uh, uh, when it started, Maryland was supposed to be a Catholic state, except that so many Protestants came in, they they overwhelmed the Catholics there. They would have no problem with Utah being a Mormon state or, you know, pick one. Uh, they they would have a problem, I think, with foreign religions, uh, Hinduism or Islam, dominating a state. I don't think they would go along with that. As long as you brought that up, what do you think their what do you think their viewpoint of the squad would be in the in the you know, I mean, I just <laughs> I look at what's going on today, and I think the founding fathers. I mean, I think they would throw their hands up and say, "Yeah, well, I guess you can't keep the republic." You know, we we told you so. No, that's not you know, that, that's not their style. They would have started polishing their muskets. I'll tell you, <laughs> yeah, uh, they would not have. Yeah, stood, I agree. They would not have stood for the squad. They would have kicked them out of America as traitors. Uh, they probably would have reinstituted the Alien and Sedition Act, which even which even Madison and Jefferson hated. But for this, I think they probably would have thought about bringing it back. Uh, in essence, you have ideologies and religions uh, that are absolutely 100% hostile to the existence of the United States, now in large numbers taking root in places like uh, Minneapolis, or as I call it, New Mogadishu. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> you know, yeah, they would not have supported accurate. that. That is accurate. And we've got uh, we've got a lot of the uh, invitees of Joe Biden coming into the state of Wisconsin, which is where I live. Uh, I taught at it, um, Wisconsin Richland Center for one year. Did you really? Yeah, yeah, it was. That was a culture shock. I came from Phoenix, a city <laughs> of about two million, and I get there and they didn't even have a McDonald's. The whole campus, yeah. <laughs> the whole campus was smaller yeah. than classes I would teach at the University of California, Santa Barbara. Well, they're they're one of the victims of uh, what's going on in the country today, and shut shut down actually now. Really? So yeah, so it's uh, that's interesting. That's right around my hometown area. I live in Green Bay now, but so tell me, you know, the marriage of uh, the marriage of our of our country's history uh, with Christianity. In your opinion, those two do those two things have to be taught together always to get to get a good picture? Is it something that we have to demand in our public schools? Well, in Patriots History of the United States, and by the way, people, go get my new book, Patriots History of Globalism. It's, it's awesome. But in Patriots History of the United States, we talk about the four pillars of American exceptionalism. And it's important to understand these built the Constitution. The Constitution wasn't set up to, to set up these pillars. The pillars came first, and they were a Christian, mostly Protestant, religious tradition. And the reason that's important is because that was bottom-up church governance. You had that in no other religion in the world, not the Catholic Church, not the Anglican Church, not the Greek Orthodox Church, and none of the other religions. So it's bottom-up church governance. Number two, you had common law, which only England shared with us. So right off the bat, the United States, with so those two things, was absolutely exceptional. No other nation in history started with those two things. Third, you had uh, private property with written titles and deeds. That was ensconced, and you held up the uh, 
Patriots history reader there, mm -hmm. uh, we actually had this law in there that was ensconced in the land ordinance of 1785, wherein the founders established the principle of private property with written titles and deeds. And lastly, a free market economy. Those four pillars make us absolutely unique in human history. No other nation has those. That's amazing. You know, and people don't really, I think people don't understand what what uh, an important idea the United States of America has has been to the benefit of humanity. There's a lot of talk about America's mistakes, and yes, of course, America has made mistakes, but um, there has been no other country that has really offered the the freedom and the the opportunity for for people just to, in general. And in my opinion, it was it was we had much better race relations, for example, before Obama got in than much. we do after Obama. Every got survey in. shows that, yeah. And it's 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 really disheartening because um, you know Barack Obama had such an opportunity, and he turned out to really be the socialist that he really was when he was marching on campus and doing all that community organizing. Right. His wonderful history. So I've got your book. Uh, Patriots history took uh, globalism up on the screen right now. And I noticed the title says it's rise and decline. So why do you think that is, de is declining right now when many people look around and they see the big push to globalize and have a one world government? What about it makes it decline? Well, first of all, um, in the book, I go back through all 200 years of the elites attempting globalism from the Congress of Vienna to the Treaty of Versailles to the United Nations most recently through medical globalism with the, the COVID China virus. And each of those was defeated. Each one fell apart. The most recent one, the, the one that lasted the longest was the Bretton Woods financial agreement out of World War II that just now is coming unraveling. Uh, but each of those uh, either fell apart due to popular uh, reaction, uh, historical forces, whatever, but none of the previous globalists were able to hold on. Now, currently, the reason I see a lot of hope is uh, on every front. First of all, let's take elections. In Europe, you, you've had numerous elections here, and they're all moving in the direction of populism. You had Italy, you had um, uh, Hungary, you had Slovakia, uh, you have uh, seven more regional European elections recently that all went in the direction of uh, anti-globalism. You had Brexit, um, about the only one going the other way is Finland. And I'm thinking, okay, who cares about Finland, right? Yeah. But but so and but the biggest one recently was Argentina with Javier Millet. And so the second uh, reason I think for optimism is you look at Davos, the World Economic Forum, it's losing power. And the quickest way you can see that is who did not attend Davos this year. None of the world leaders were there. Uh, Prime Minister of England wasn't there. Uh, Macaroni, good old Macron of France, he wasn't there. <laughs> Italy wasn't there. Uh, obviously, Putin wasn't there. Xi wasn't there. Biden wasn't there. Who did go? Javier Malay, and he read him the riot act. He said, you guys are right. a bunch of socialists, right? So, yeah. uh, and then thirdly, when you look at, say, medical globalism, when they first introduced the vax, 82% of Americans took it. Only 50% took a booster. Now the number is 1% to 2% say they will ever take another China virus vax again. That's, uh, mm -hmm. that's pushback. 
Well, that's awesome. People need to hear that kind of good news. And I think Biden, by the way, I think he was there, but he was wandering in the garden looking for ice cream. I don't know what <laughs> was going on with that. <laughs> Larry, it's been a real honor. I know you got to run to get on Bannon's show. And, you know, God bless you for what you do. You're one of my favorites. And um, you probably didn't know that until the day. No, I but, didn't. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for what you do, because it's it's really critical that uh, that we win this fight to keep our country in and uh, you do amazing, amazing things in that direction. So thank you very much. Well, have thanks. you back. Thanks, Jeff. And I got to say that the best steak I ever had was in um, Milwaukee. We played uh, a club there in my rock and roll days. And there was a hotel <laughs> called the Knickerbocker on the Lakes. And ah, okay. they had a restaurant down there that had the most phenomenal steak I ever had. But, you know, that was a long time ago. <laughs> we have a lot of good supper clubs even yet today. So it's it's uh, something you can find for sure. But it's a, a parallel I have to you. I was a rocker in my high school days as well. I did the band thing, but uh, interesting. So we'll see you again, I okay. hope. And, and uh, God bless you for everything that you do. Anytime you want me on, and you can find me at wildworldhistory.com. Awesome. Thank you, Larry. Thanks. tell you what that was a big honor i've really liked larry for a long time his books are amazing you uh, can get them in audio format as well and um <laughs> the uh, the conversation was really enjoyable and he had to run as i said to go on steve bannon's show which i think it's really cool that i'm interviewing the same people that bannon is this show is growing a lot and as i said before you can support us Go to the website redbloodedpatriots.com this patriots is with an s redblooded patriots dot com and uh help me out i appreciate it i've been doing this now for three years and uh, put a lot of resources into it of my own and really uh really starting to to gain some ground so it's really been cool i've really enjoyed this and if you know my backstory um something i never expected to do and really feel blessed to be able to do and i'm passionate about the message that we need to to get back on track so Larry mentioned in that interview that he has, over on YouTube, he has uh, his book, uh, A Patriot's uh, History of America, that he's reading through. And I thought I would show just the first part of that, the introduction, to give you, you know, a flavor, a little better idea of Larry's perspective and 
and uh, his historical knowledge as well. So I'm going to show just the introduction portion, um, and then stay tuned after that. I have a good video for closing, and uh, I think you'll enjoy as well. So I'm going to show that introduction part right now. I'd like to welcome to the The monopoly status of the tech industry in many cases threaten to control free speech and dominate the public discourse through censorship of materials on the World Wide Web like nothing in our history. At the same time, colleges and universities, once bastions of free speech, have become censored bubbles where little true dissent can be allowed. By 2019, conservative speakers have been virtually banned or driven from most major campuses. This was an ominous sign for the survival of the Republic. While there have been many other prominent changes in America since our last edition, with the end of Barack Obama's administration and the rise of Donald J. Trump, there's been a rapid shift in American policy and its regard around the world. Trump promised to, quote, make America great again and proved in his first two years to be one of the hardest working chief executives in history. In less than a year, he transformed the economy from a moribund shackled giant into an international powerhouse and job-creating machine. <clears throat> his record pays at reconstituting the judiciary along with much more constitutional and strict constructionist grounds alone made his presidency a success. This came during a time of equally astounding and revolutionary social change. The fading of the baby boomer generation and the rise of millennials dramatically transformed America's attitudes, expectations, and daily life. It remains to be seen if millennials can rise to greatness or will be consigned to the cyclical predictions of William Strauss and Neil Howe. Now, Strauss and Howe, who are they? They wrote a book many years ago called Generations. And their theory was, and they went all the way back to the 1600s um, and the first people who came over here and who were their parents. And they have a four part cyclical approach to history. I can't remember each of the four parts, but the bottom line was that they believed that each group was affected by the previous group and the previous group. And as a result, you start to see these same characteristics unfold in the people of each generation. And, and so, uh, with the exception of the Civil War, I will point out they do make an exception to the Civil War, which kind of threw things off. <clears throat> Their theory, you could say, appears to hold up pretty well. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet money on it, but I would say that it's, um, it's a pretty good theory. So you want to check them out. Strauss and Howe, <clears throat> Generations. And then, I think it was Strauss, could be how, but I think it was Strauss, who then went on to write another book called The Fourth Turning, about this revolutionary cycle starting all over again, in which he predicted um, many of the problems we have today and why they came about. Um, and, and some of you have heard this referred to in an old uh, thing about uh, rise to prosperity, um, you know, uh, sacrifice, prosperity, laziness, decline, that kind of thing. Um, but it's worth taking a look at Strauss and Howe 
and how they deal with all of this. <clears throat> Strauss and Howe suggested that the generation after the boomers would be reactive and attack the established order. While elements of their theory may be right, the increasing lifespan of individuals has changed much of the layering of the generations. Only time will tell how millennials will affect the current political climate. Now, without getting too much into politics, it does not seem like that is what has happened. If anything, the millennials seem to be perfectly willing to go along with anything the government suggests they do. Wear a mask, take the vax, whatever, right? So we'll see how that pans out. <clears throat> it also seemed like only yesterday that we thought we might have to sell this book out of the back of a van. Little did we know that since 2004, Patriot's History of the United States would become an Amazon and New York Times number one bestseller with half a million copies in print. This edition marks our 30th printing. As I say, now we're up to 34 at least since release. A Patriot's History has been used by thousands of homeschoolers and students in public, charter, and Christian history classes. More than 100 college professors assign their book to students. Isn't that refreshing? In this fourth edition, as before in previous editions, we have incorporated new scholarship and updated the narrative through the end of 2018 and the first half of the Trump administration. Uh, we have not made significant revisions to any of the major points except to incorporate a fuller discussion of the pillars of American exceptionalism, which we'll talk about in the introduction here. Naturally, to accommodate new material, we have had to cut some discussions of previous eras. The reader is encouraged to examine earlier editions of some of this now missing material, but the page count is a brutal taskmaster, as I said. All right, <clears throat> we're going to start with uh, the introduction. There was something else, though, here that I wanted to mention to you, um, which was that... Um, We had a number of college professors using our book side by side with them, mm -hmm. and um, they would ask the students to you know, evaluate what each of us said about different things. And um, <clears throat> at first, I, I was okay with that, but the more I thought about it, I'm not okay with that because that gives credibility to a false source. Uh, if you look at uh, you're in our VIP section. You look at the videos on Howard Zinn. I explicitly go into how Howard Zinn lies. And he does lie in his book. Uh, he uses something called ellipses, three dots, that in history writing, or in any writing, are meant to show that something was left out. What are you allowed to leave out as a historian? You're allowed to leave out something that is incidental or does not in any way change the meaning, direction, or real content of a quotation uh, or cited material. You're never allowed to join together statements made at different times, different places, different days about different subjects. <clears throat> what Zinn did repeatedly with Columbus and others all the way through was to use ellipses to eliminate all the material that would make Columbus look good or ameliorate some of the things it looks like he did 
or said, and um, you get the picture. It, it, it's falsification of, of history. So I just wanted to to point that out. Okay. Um, pillars of American exceptionalism. So let's start with the introduction of Patriots History of the United States. And we'll just get a little bit through today. And we're going to be out of time. But it's important to lay foundations, right? Uh, this is where the left is attacking America today on its foundations. And we are shooting at the issues, whether it's racism or homosexual marriage or whatever it is. We're shooting at the issues. They are shooting at the foundations. <clears throat> we need to rebuild the foundations. The purpose of this hour, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, is to help rebuild those foundations. The purpose of this book is to rebuild those foundations. All right, introduction. In America's past, a, a tale of racism, sexism, and I can't even read my own writing. Let's start again. Is America's past a tale of racism, sexism, and bigotry? Is it the story of conquest and rape of a continent? Is U.S. history the story of white slave owners who perverted the electoral process for their own interests? Did America start with Columbus killing all the Indians, leap to Jim Crow laws, and Rockefeller crushing the workers, then finally save itself with Franklin Roosevelt's New Deal? The answers, of course, are no, 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 and hell to the no. One might never know this, however, by looking at almost any mainstream U.S. history book. Having taught American history in one form or another for close to 60 years between us, that's between me and Mike, <clears throat> we are aware that, unfortunately, many students are berated with tales of the founders as self-interested politicians and slave owners, of the icons of American industry as robber baron oppressors, and of every American foreign policy initiative as imperialistic or insensitive. At least Howard Zinn's A People's History of the United States honestly represents its Marxist biases in the titles. And again, we did not have that in the original introduction because we didn't care about Howard Zinn. What is most amazing and refreshing is, I don't think we had it in there, what is most amazing and refreshing is that the past usually speaks for itself. The evidence is there for telling the great story of the American past honestly, with flaws, absolutely, with shortcomings, most definitely. But we think that an honest evaluation of the history of the United States must begin and end with the recognition that, compared to any other nation, America's past is a bright and shining light. <clears throat> America was and is the city on a hill, the fountain of hope, the shining light, the beacon of liberty. We utterly reject my country right or wrong. What scholar wouldn't? But in the last 30 years, academics have taken an equally destructive approach. My country always wrong. We reject that too. Instead, we remain convinced that if the story of America's past is told fairly, the result cannot be anything but a deepened patriotism, a sense of awe at the obstacles overcome, 
the passion invested, the blood and tears spilled, and the nation that was built. An honest review of America's past would note, among other observations, that the same founders who owned slaves instituted numerous ways, political and intellectual, to ensure that slavery could not survive. That the concern over not just property rights, but all rights, so infused American life that laws often followed the practices of the common folk rather than dictated to them, that even when the United States used her military power for dubious reasons, the ultimate result was to liberate people and bring a higher standard of living than before. That time and again, America's leaders have willingly shared power with those who had none. Whether they were citizens of territories, former slaves, or disenfranchised women. And we could go on. The reason so many academics miss the real history of America is that they assume that ideas don't matter. And that there's no such thing as virtue. They could not be more wrong. When John D. Rockefeller said, quote, The common man must have kerosene, and he must have it good, and he must have it cheap. Rockefeller was already a wealthy man with no more to gain. When Grover Cleveland vetoed an insignificant seed corn bill, he knew it would hurt him politically, and that he would only win condemnation from the press and the people. But the Constitution did not permit it, and he refused. In fact, America is an exceptional nation, not because its people are inherently superior, smarter, braver, or more moral, but because it is the only nation on earth that from its founding rested on four pillars that we call them, that no other nation shared. The first two pillars focus on religion and small government politics, and the second two on econo are economic pillars that support the first two. Now, I'm out of time, but next session, Wednesday, we're going to pick up with the four pillars of American exceptionalism. This is all from the introduction. And it's very important that you understand these and that your kids understand these. Because even, uh, even Rush Limbaugh had trouble defining American exceptionalism. Uh, Niall Ferguson, the great historian, had trouble defining American exceptionalism. We don't. We've got it right here. Why is America exceptional? And it comes from these four pillars of American exceptionalism that to this day no other nation has and no other nation has ever had in human history from its birth. Mm -hmm. More important, once you understand these four pillars, you'll understand why the 1619 Project is total, hot, steaming garbage. Because it's based completely on Virginia and the Jamestown colony, when the real origins of American exceptionalism, not America, but American exceptionalism, 
as you will see, come from the Plymouth Colony, which had all four of these from its origins. Jamestown did not. So I'm going to wrap up now and encourage you to join me at Locals in about five minutes, starting at uh, 1 o'clock Eastern Time. All right, so an excellent example of what you can expect from Larry. You can, uh, there's a link in my show description here for his YouTube channel. You can check that out and and uh, get more perspective and uh, more lessons in American history. And if you remember, uh, one of the biggest things that Barack Obama did, one of the most controversial things, I would say, is he went on what was called the apology tour, and he said, you know, America is not an exceptional nation, which no president in history should ever be president, if that's their viewpoint. Uh, so here is the book, again, the new book, Patriots History on Globalism, Its Rise and Decline. You can go to uh, go to uh, Amazon and get it. You can go to wildworldofhistory.com and get it. Uh, he has package deals there where you can get several of his books at the same time. Highly, highly recommend them. Uh, we're going to come back with some final words from another gentleman that I think is... Uh, critically important to our country right up there with some of the other great presidents. And uh, that's the way we're going to wrap up the show. We'll be right back after this. Hey, Patriots, it's Jeff Wagner. Let's face it, it's getting harder and harder to make ends meet. It's only going to get worse. This inflation is going to continue. As a matter of fact, our dollar is in jeopardy of even existing with the crazies that want to go to the digital currency to control us all. You can go to Kirk Elliott, Ph.D., dot com slash the Patriot Review. Get all kinds of free, great information and invest in gold and silver for your future. Our world is full of electromagnetic fields that even though we can't see them, are affecting our bodies, our sleep, and even our ability to think clearly. The advent of 5G is only making this worse. There is an answer. Visit Fix the World by clicking the link in the Patriot Review show description below to view natural products that can actually protect you from EMF and 5G and even improve your sleep. Skeptical? Get the free Dangers of EMF Radiation ebook free by clicking on its direct link also in the show description. Here's a nutritional hack anyone can master. Replace a meal a day with our kingdom feel. Or if you're a mosh in the gym, Add a shake to your daily meal plan. Our unique meal shakes are balanced, low glycemic, rich in fiber, 20 grams of clean protein, essential vitamins and minerals, healthy fat, and organic fruits and vegetables. Kingdom Fuel is vegan with a complete amino acid profile. Bottom line, it's a simple start to a transformed life. No gimmicks, just results. Start today. Hey, Patriots, you can save up to 66% at MyPillow.com when you use the code TPR. That stands for The Patriot Review. That's TPR or call 800-519-9927. That's 800-519-9927. I use these products myself. I can tell you they are the best quality bar none. So go ahead, use the code TPR and get up to 66% off right now.
coming to you from the land of common sense and American pride. Not a unicorn or rainbow in sight. Welcome back to the Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner. All right, time is winding down. I just have to say that you can get that Kingdom Fuel and other great products from Sherwood.tv slash TPR. Sherwood.tv slash TPR. Also, stop supporting the woke companies. Go to Shop4, the number four, Shop4Freedom.online and get yourself products that are made right here in America and that support and give Americans jobs, which is something we need for sure. All right, so folks, it's been a real honor to uh, to talk with Larry and to bring this show to you. Hopefully you got uh, an idea of his writing style and the, the introduction lesson, and it tells you what his perspective is on America actually being an exceptional uh, country and the idea of America having been so beneficial across the globe for, well, in all of history. Uh, never, a, a, never a nation like it. And uh, yes, just like every individual out there in our individual lifetimes, we, we make mistakes, mistakes that we re regret, mistakes that uh, we would love to go back and change if we could. And the same is true for America. However, America and Christianity in general, working together, have created uh, and given the citizens of the world some of the most fantastic things that they never would have got, nor would they get if the globalists would have their way. And it was especially enjoyable today to talk about how the globalists are already on the decline. And I think we can see that. We look around, people are waking up more and more. People are not buying. All the BS are being fed. And it's precisely why President Trump was so uh, popular and still is so popular and precisely why anybody who actually sits down and doesn't listen to the mainstream narrative, the fake news narrative, and actually puts on their thinking cap and uh, you know thinks about Trump's presidency can see that you know, he's, he was one of the most successful presidents in history as far as bringing along and reducing, for example, reducing the, uh, the unemployment rates of minorities, increasing the the real wages and the earned wages of the middle class where today we're seeing the destruction of the middle, middle class. So all that's to say this, that if we want to keep the idea of America alive, we have to also get out and vote. You have to go out and vote in this election. It's the most important election in our history, no doubt. And um, I really encourage you to put all skepticism aside. Yes, the election was stolen. Yes, uh, there's a danger of, of voter fraud continuing on, and it probably will. That, in my mind, is more, more important and a bigger justification for getting out there and voting. And uh, I hope that you take those words seriously and that you, you, know, you start to not only to plan on voting, but you be an active participant in getting the message out there that uh, this is it. We stand a chance of not only losing America, but Western civilization and freedom in general and uh, this these globalists while there's much attention on it and they've been exposed there's also a lot to do that's the really the final point all right so i i'm going to go out with this video and um it's very well done and the reason i chose it is because it puts a cap on everything 
And I mentioned, you know, the optimism that we have to have and looking forward and doing the right thing. And what really this this video communicated to me was that um, we have had visionaries, and this gentleman is President Reagan, was certainly one of them, and we've been down this path to a degree before. And he, you know, came came after Jimmy Carter, who left a disaster for the country, and uh, you know he he brings about the the necessary perspective and attitude that we need to have in continuing to fight and it compliments President Trump so very well and I hope that uh, you think so too I will see you next time have a great weekend these doom criers and cynics persuade you that the best is past that from here on it's all downhill you're going to have opportunities beyond anything that we've ever known We've gotten in the habit over the last 40 years of thinking that government has the answers. And if government would shut the doors and sneak away for about three weeks, we'd never miss them. There was a senator the other day listing all these crazy research programs and how much they were costing and wound up his speech by introducing his own. He wants a study in a research of transcendental meditation. One, a study in which this was called the, um, the uh, demography of happiness. And in this study, the government found out that uh, young people are happier than old people. <laughs> and uh, they found out that people that earn more are happier than people that earn less. People keep looking to government for the answer, and government's the problem. If they would just take a little inventory and look around. There's very little that government can do as efficiently and as economically as the people can do themselves. William Faulkner, at a Nobel Prize ceremony some time back, said, man would not only endure he will prevail against the modern world because he will return to the old verities and the truths of the heart but let me tell you one other thing i know for sure he is immortal because he alone among creatures has a soul a spirit capable of compassion and sacrifice and endurance prepared to make so many sacrifices there will come times in the lives of all of us when we'll be faced with causes bigger than ourselves Winston Churchill, during the darkest period of the Battle of Britain in World War II, said when great causes are on the move in the world, we learn we're spirit, not animal. And that something is going on in space and time and beyond space and time, which, whether we like it or not, spells duty. This nation was born with a band of men, the Founding Fathers, a group so unique we've never seen their like since, rose to such selfless heights. Fifty-six men achieved security and standing in life, but valued freedom more. They pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. They gave us more than a nation. They brought to all mankind for the first time the concept that man was born free and that government was created by us for our convenience, having only the powers that we choose to give it. This experiment in man's relation to man is a few years into its third century, Saying that may sound, make it sound quite old, but let's look at it from another, another viewpoint or perspective. If you could condense the entire history of life on Earth into a motion picture that would run for 24 hours a day, this idea that is the United States wouldn't appear on the screen until three and a half seconds before midnight on December 31st. You know there are great unsolved problems. We still have a long way to go. It's news, bad things are news.
we keep hearing the, the bad things, we hear the accusations, and we're kind of used to accepting the accusation as proof of guilt. You are also, I know, looking at the future that seems uncertain to most of you, but which, let me assure you, offers great expectations. We who had preceded you had just gotten so busy that we let things get out of hand. We forgot that we were the keepers of the power. Well, at last, we're remembering. For too long, government has been fixing things that aren't broken and inventing miracle cures for di unknown diseases. We took a giant step backward, spending like there was no tomorrow, opening the floodgates of printing press money. The bottom line was an unacceptable decline in the real wages, earnings, and buying power of the working families and senior citizens of America. It was Washington that grew fat and prosperous by making everyone else poorer. And we live in the only country in the world where it takes more brains to figure out your income tax than it does to earn the income. We need your youth. We need your strength. We need your idealism to help us make right that which is wrong. We can stand tall and proud on our record and on the hopes that we offer for the future. You have been in our critically looking at the mores and customs of the past and questioning their value. I know that you've been lectured at and spoken to and uh, a lot of things are going on. Don't discard the time-tested values upon which civilization was built simply because they're old. Each generation sees farther than the generation that preceded it because it stands on the shoulders of that generation. Our civilized ideas, our traditions, our values are not like the ideology and war machine of totalitarian societies, just a facade of strength. Our intellectual and spiritual values are rooted in the source of all strength, a belief in a supreme being and a law higher than our own. We concede no losses and we take no victories for granted. Hard work, personal initiative, opportunity, love of family, neighborhood, patriotism and belief in God this is the noble and rich heritage rooted in great civil ideas of the West, and it is yours. Those values so crucial to a strong and a successful country, those were the values that we pledged to defend and restore. No force on earth can stop individuals from achieving great goals when they have the will and the heart to pull together and work together. We can turn the hopes of our people into the renewal of all the dreams and opportunities that our nation was placed on this earth to provide. When it's written, history of our time won't dwell long on the hardships of the recent past. You're free to be whatever you want to be with no one and nothing stopping you. In a free society, you're free to invent yourself, to turn yourself into a great teacher, a race car driver, a minister, or a movie star, or a grower and seller of flowers. You could be anything. It's your invention, and there's nothing to stop you. We're going to build a future together that will enable every one of you to reach for the stars. And you'll know what it is to enter the workforce or go to college in a land of prosperity, pride, and hope. When I was a young man, you knew that if you dreamed big and worked hard, there was no limit to how far you could go. You can't drink yourself sober. You can't spend yourself rich. And you can't prime the pump without pumping the prime. We hear so much breast-beating about fairness and compassion, particularly from the other side of the aisle. That's still not enough, but we're headed in the right direction and we'll make progress. We believe the money pe people earn belongs to them, not to government. 
and it's about time they were allowed to keep a better, a bigger share. Uh, there's mixed emotions when you step down. There's always things that you had left undone that you'd like to have done, but then uh, all of a sudden the curtain's pulled and that chapter's over. And My hope today is that in the years to come, when it's your time to explain to another generation the meaning of the past and thereby hold out to them their promise of the future, that you'll recall the truths and traditions of which we've spoken. It is these truths and traditions that define our civilization, and now they're yours to protect and pass on. Now, you and I can fight that battle for them. For them. We must fight it, and we will. Enjoy your freedom. Breathe it in. Use it to create the most important and moving thing a man or woman can create, a decent and meaningful life. Congratulations, and God bless you. Have you ever wondered what it's like to be a January 6th political prisoner rotting away in horrible conditions? January 6th patriots are subject to cruel and unusual punishment every day and kept imprisoned for nearly three years without trial. These American heroes have to survive inhumane conditions where they lack basic food nutrients, clothing, and hygiene. Joe Biden's corrupt Department of Justice and FBI Gestapo has been making sure the families of these brave patriots are suffering as well. The breadwinner has been ripped out of the home, and these young families are being extorted thousands of dollars a year to keep up with commissary costs for their J6 prisoner. Many families have been completely devastated, missed mortgage payments and kicked out of their homes, and even the family car repossessed. The ongoing battle these families face to stay afloat and support their loved ones in prison is in desperate need of our help. You can now sponsor a January 6th family to help support them in their greatest time of need. SponsorJ6.com is a new organization started by January 6th political prisoner for 965 days, Jake Lang, ensuring 100% of funds made go to Patriots commissary accounts. By becoming a sponsor of a J6 family, you can ensure one of the nearly 200 currently incarcerated J6 prisoners is properly clothed and fed. Sign up today to give the vital help these families need and make a real impact in the lives of our POWs. Head to SponsorJ6.com and support our patriots.